The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Today's episode of Pit Panther Rants and other Sports Rants podcast is brought to you by the Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. It's a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here, they're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram, type at sportsdrink, you know, just remove the vowels. All we ask is you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. Welcome to another Pip Panther Rants and another Sports Rant Podcast. In fact, I'm going to stop here. your host I think it was disrespectful for me to talk over Dell you know when he was rapping you know I mean when you when that part comes on you don't want me you know welcoming you guys to another episode of Pit Panther Rants on our Sports Rants podcast because you know when I saw when that part comes on you want to hear Dell the funky homo sapien do his thing I mean you don't want to hear me talk over it which was kind of disrespectful but Dell doesn't listen to this podcast. In fact, nobody does, so who cares? But anyways, I was trying to find some sort of a happy, uplifting song and Annabelle Gorillas. Let me see. Clint Eastwood. Don't ask me how. I just, I mean, it's kind of happy, uplifting, isn't it? I mean, it's happy in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, if you're doing certain things, I mean, if you're, um, I mean, let's see. Let's take a look at the lyrics here. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad. I got sunshine. Jesus Christ, I'm singing it in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. Yeah, so, I mean, as Pitt fans, we're feeling glad, you know, because Georgia Tech is over. You know, we got sunshine in the bag. Well, it depends on where you live. I mean, if you're in Pittsburgh, I'm not sure if the sun's at. I'm not sure what's going on up there. What is the weather in Pittsburgh anyway? Let's take a look. Pittsburgh weather. 
I'm sure if I had a live podcast, you guys would could tell me. Oh, it's 56 right now. It looks like it's sunny, but it depends, you know. But the future's coming on because we got Virginia Tech coming up this Saturday at Hines. I uh, apologize for last last podcast I did when I was previewing. I thought Pitt was playing in Atlanta the whole time. And what's hilarious is I'm sitting there reading the podcast, reading the stuff. It's in right in front of my face that they're at they're at Hines or Acre Shore, wherever the hell it is. And I'm saying, hey, yeah, they're in Atlanta. Yeah, that was a pretty bad one. But uh, yeah, I mean, the future's coming on. We got Virginia Tech, who's a, a crappy opponent, but then again, so was Georgia Tech. But luckily for us, Tech didn't fire their coach. Last, you know, hasn't fired a coach yet, so we're we're kind of in the clear there. But I did see that Kalaja Kansi mentioned that Georgia Tech wanted it more than them. Now Tech is a shitty team. Georgia Tech is. They were one and three coming in that game, and Pitt was three and one. And if you're letting, if it's a pretty bad sign when a team like that wants it more than you. I mean, that's a really bad sign. And we always have these we always have these catastrophic losses where it's like oh we didn't you know you know where we have to learn from something. That's what I love about the staff is we're always learning from losses. I mean that's pretty much what killed the Paul Chris era is, as I read about in Wisconsin was that they weren't adapting to certain things even after even when they were happening. And that's pretty much what happened to him at Pitt. I mean, you know, it just felt like that. It felt like you know, with him and that staff, it felt like they were always. It was like always their first week on the job. But if we if we look at the tail of the tape here, uh, let's see. The Hokies are two and three coming in this. You know, their schedule, their wins are basically Wofford and Boston College. Oh, how lovely. How did they do last year, I wonder? Let's take a look. 2022, they lost to Boston College 17-3. So, I'm curious how they played against Signetti. Let's take a look at Georgia Tech from last year. How did they play against Signetti? Did they even play... Georgia, they they did. They lost forty one thirty. Huh. Okay. I was looking for some sort of angle on the whole uh, Frank Cincinnati off you know offense, but let's see. Let's let's take a look at that box score for for, for last year. Well, they have Phil Jerkovic, who's obviously not too bad, and Zay Flowers. So I'm gonna see Boston College beating the crap out of Georgia Tech last year. Um. All right, let's go back to the tell the tape here. I was looking for some sort of angle in this, and of course, it's not going to work. But yeah, their only wins are Boston and Boston College. They and um, two of the last two losses, they've scored only ten points per game. And they lost to North Carolina forty-one ten, and they lost to West Virginia thirty-three ten. So. 
We're averaging offensively 18.2 points per game, and defensively they're allowing 22.2. But the last the last three games, well, the last two losses, they've allowed more than 30-plus. 30 30 when they're winning games, they're, they're, they're scoring 20-plus, and they're not allowing much. But, uh, yeah. Offensively, they're averaging 318.6 yards a game, 209 passing, 109 rushing. Defensively, they're not too bad. Three ten, you know, they're, you know, they're basically allowing close to the same as Pitt. I mean, they're allowing 209 yards passing per game, which Pitt is allowing 198. And, of course, rushing yards, they're allowing 100 per game, whereas Pitt's allowing 125. So, they're actually, they're allowing less, you know, in terms of defense, they're allowing less than Pitt is. Just by 14 points. Pitt's right now a minus 14 half point favorite. The over under is 41 and a half. Pitt defeated them last year, as you all know. 27 at Blacksburg. It was raining. The forecast for Saturday's game is going to be sunny. So I do like the over in this one. Yeah, I think this game does go over. I think Pitt does cover the 14 and a half. This time around, although I did say they were, well, of course I said Tech, Georgia Tech would cover the 22. I mean, that was a pretty, for the conditions that were there. So I'm going to take Pitt minus 14 and a half. Uh, Georgia Tech's, uh, well, Virginia Tech, whatever. What's the difference? They both are bad teams. Um, I look for Pitt to continually run the ball. They came out trying to throw last time, and it was disastrous. And I think they're, well, Pat Arduzzi mentioned he loved how Keaton played in the second half. You know, they didn't give up, but it was pretty much garbage time at that point. And one thing about Pitt is their offensive line was isn't healthy. So that's one thing that factors in if, for a little bit better this uh, this game if the, if the guys are back or I don't know the offensive line obviously is going to be the big big issue here because and that you know Keelan making his reads because he's a, you know he's very slow making his reads but I'm not sure if the receivers are, are doing him justice either but you know there's for loss like this there's accountability. And we're obviously going to see if there's accountability. And, you know, it's defense did all they could, but I think towards the end of the game, they, they, they mailed it in. They mailed it in at that point. But uh, there has to be accountability on defense as well because they, they've been giving up a lot of big plays this year. I mean, for as, as talented as they are. Uh, and I think last, I think last game they were, they were trying, they were looking for pick sixes. I mean, just, just get the interception because we, we should have really shut this team down from the get go. And if we if we intercept if we catch these passes, these picks, you know, this game would have been over a lot quicker. We would have actually won the game. Maybe covered that twenty that twenty something. I do feel that somebody from the receiving core has gotta step up. We haven't seen anything yet, really, that's showed me that these guys are willing to step up. That's one thing I'm looking for here. I think in terms of running backs, we're fine. 
but somebody's got to step up in the receiver role. I mean, we've we've had some plays with Gavin Bartholomew. That's great. He, you know, I have no issues with him. I would like to get him the ball more. But somebody in this group of receivers, because of course, we're, I mean, this was supposed to be one of the most deep, most talented um, positions, and we heard it all the time. But there's no guy in this in this group with the with the it factor. None of it. I mean, we had Jordan Addison, but nobody's actually realistic stepped up and said, "I'm the man." And that's what needs to happen here. If Pitt's going to have, you know, going to win this game on top of that to have any chance of with the ACC Coastal rest of the year, is they need somebody in this receiving court to step up. And I don't know. It's, and ho- I mean, a good receiver can make a quarterback's job a lot easier. Because I think if we did have Jornas and I think Keaton's job would be a lot easier. But I can see why Keaton left. I mean, I can see why Jordan left. Excuse me. Because he probably would have been the workhorse. And he goes to USC where he's surrounded by other really good players. And he doesn't have to do as much. So what I look for is basically why I was hoping for last week. something, Something big from the receivers, which really didn't happen. It's because, well, our you know, offensive line was has been bad. Our quarterback obviously can't play behind a bad offensive line. I mean, Kenny Pickett could he could scramble and make the plays. He did. He made the adjustments needed. You know, to uh, you know, to adapt to pressure. But unfortunately, our quarterback really can't. So I mean, our, our current one, it just is what it is. I'm not going to say much about the Hokies. I mean, the, Pitt's obvious, you know, they're, there's not much to say. Their offense is, is, is just bad right now. Now, one thing to think about is Pryant and, and, of course, his offensive coordinator, Tyler Bowen, both uh, worked at Penn State. They know Narduzzi's offense. But I just don't think they know. I just don't think they have the the uh, the personnel to be able to to overcome this defense. You know, I just don't think they have it to do. You know, so that's why I think that you know, I think this there's a chance this game possibly goes over the forty one and a half. But anyways, let's move on to other games here. That's in the ACC. Louisville, Virginia. Louisville minus three over UVA. That's a a noon kickoff. That's a weird, hmm. Over under this is 51. Uh, Probably, let's see here. It's at Virginia, right? Let's take a look here. Charlottesville. Which, you know, I'm, I'm curious about this. It's going to be a sunny day out in uh, Charlottesville. But the over on this is 51. I'm probably hammering the... Uh, I'm probably taking the over 51 because of the offense. You know, Louisville's, Louisville's offense is pretty uh, good. 
Uh, UVA, I th but their defense is kind of lacking, so I'm going over 51 on this one. And I'm probably taking Louisville minus three. Because that's, I don't know, that seems... It seems like a trap type of thing. Because um, Virginia's, you know, it's been pretty bad for the most part. Well, I can see why the Cardinals... Uh, R minus three because they they got they got beat by Boston College. She's been pretty bad, but they've beaten UCF and they you know they're no slouch. Well, they got hammered by Syracuse early in the year, but the last uh, three games they've been averaging thirty plus. So you definitely go with the over on this. Virginia, on the other hand, has been pretty bad. But I'm just wondering how this how is this game a minus three? That's gotta be a trap. But I'm I'll take the Louisville. My, I'll take the bait. Then again, I'm not betting on this, so it doesn't matter. Duke and Georgia Tech. Duke is a minus three and a half. Yep, you're going you're going Duke minus three point five on this. Uh, Georgia Tech had an emotional win last week over uh, the defending ACC champion. They're going to be brought back down to earth. Miami, North Carolina. I'm taking USC UNC minus 3.5. I uh, just, you know, I'm not sure what's going on in Miami. The over under is under us is 68. That's a pretty big. Well, the reason why is there's a lot of scoring here. I don't know. I think it's going to go under 66, but I'm I would lay I'm not touching it. Well, you know what? Let's do it. Under 66. Cuz I'm not, you know, Uh, let's see, Boston College and Clemson. Clemson's minus 20 and a half. Oh, yeah. Clemson's, <laughs> Clemson, Clemson's covered at 20 and a half. They're, they're winning by three TDs. Army Wake Forest. Wake is a minus 17. Yep. Go, I like Army. I mean, all, with all due respect to Army. Yep, Wake is going to win that. Florida State, NC State, which is the final. I mean, there's some pretty good games here in, in the ACC. Um... NC State minus three. How did Florida, well, Florida State did lose? Who did they lose to Wake? But that makes you wonder how really how good is really is, is North Carolina State? Well, I can see a minus three. Mm. I'm taking FSU plus three. Something about that, you know, North Carolina. I mean, Dave Doran and North Carolina State is aren't slouches, but they're usually good for these type of losses. They're they're, they're basically pit. They do this type of stuff. All right, let's go to the top twenty-five: Michigan, Indiana. It's Indy, it's Indy, Indy, Indiana, but I'm taking Michigan with the last twenty-two and a half. Tennessee and LSU. Ugh, the Vols are eighth ranked, and they're being they're. Playing LSU, I'm taking UT minus three. Given how, given what uh, ass clowns they acted after being us, I would, I would, I would love them to lose, but it just isn't going to happen. I mean, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. TCU in Kansas, TCU getting minus six and a half. Now let's take a look at the tail of the tape on these two. 
Uh, let's see, TCU's last two went SMU and Oklahoma. Uh, everybody's loving Kansas in this one. I'm going TCU minus six and a half. I think I think Kansas gets brought back down to earth. I mean, it's been a great story for them so far. With their winning games, kudos to them. I feel bad if they uh, lose their coach after this year because you know how this how this uh, business goes. That's how it is. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Arkansas out of the rankings. That's a shocker. They're in the SEC. Uh, let's see. I'm taking Arkansas plus. 9.5. They may even win. I, w- I would even attempt to take money line on this because Mike Leach is known for losing these type of games. Let's see. Any other thrilling matchups? Utah and UCLA. Utah game minus three. And a, Utah minus three and a half over UCLA. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Utah. Let's see. Ohio State, Michigan State. The last game was at 27. Oh, wow. I'm going MSU plus 27. Unless they're really that bad. All right, I'm drinking my coffee here. All right, Washington, Arizona State. Mm. I'm not going to bother with that one. USC minus 12 and a half over Washington State. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the minus 12 and a half for USC. They're really, they're just a really good team. And Jordan Aston basically, is, I mean, people are saying Aston wasn't getting the ball much. He's, I think he's basically their leading receiver now. Anything else? Let's take a look here. Texas A&M, Alabama. Oh, yeah. I'm taking Bama minus 24. Uh, Nick Saban's going to pretty much knock uh, Jimbo Fisher to the ground and rub his face in the dirt. And that's pretty much about it. Um, I'm not going to cover. There's a bunch of other games, but I have no interest in them. It's, what are the late night games? Because I see the eight o'clock games, but is there anything that's? What are the pack? Is there any? Oh, there is a Pac-12 after dark. Oregon State and Stanford. Hmm. Yeah, I like Stanford there. Well, at least to cover the, the seven points, but yeah, the Pac-12 after dark. That's one thing I think people are saying the Pac-12 is going to fall apart. And I hope not, because the, the, the After Dark games are the coolest thing. That's why I would love to see it. I mean, I would love to have had you know, the ACC and Pac-12 merge, because Pitt at Heinz Field on a, ten, on a, on a um, 11 p.m. kickoff. I mean, could you imagine that? I mean, tell, the lots may be open at 6 o'clock at night, and by 11 o'clock in, at night, you're, you're inebriated. I mean, that'd be, that'd be awesome. I mean, that'd be, well, let's be honest. It's 11, it's 11 Eastern time kickoff. 
for this game, and I guess it'd be eight o'clock Pacific. So, but that, I mean, I just think that'd be great. I mean, and just imagine, and and plus, if the game's over, imagine if there's a one o'clock kickoff for a Steelers game. I mean, you're getting, you know, you can you can you don't have to go home. You can just get a hotel, or you can just stay in the parking lot and just drink until the next, you know, Steeler game. That's basically my wrap-up of the ACC Top 25 for this weekend. It's October, folks, which means the weather here, thank God, has started to go down. You know, energy down here, the, the, the power grid down here is a little different. So be thankful that you have Duquesne Light. I know a lot of you hate it, but trust me, you don't want deregulated energy. It's... Well, it may be a little bit better if um, it may be a little bit better given the maybe your, your power grids are a little better up there. Down here with horribly bad power grids, it's, it pretty much sucks. And when when the weather's hot, it just doesn't matter that the demand for electricity just gets high and yep, it just goes up. But anyways, I'm gonna stay away from that. That whole topic altogether because it gets boring. Now we have to go over a few things. Well, just one thing in general. Uh, with Halloween coming up, you know, Thanksgiving as well. You know, the, all the pumpkin stuff is out, and you know, for me, it just I don't know. The, the whole pumpkin thing has kind of ruined my, um, you know, my excitement for pumpkin pie, I guess, because that was my big thing. You know, when Thanksgiving came, I always knew I was going to eat a whole bunch of pumpkin pie. But now it's all it's all out. They have pumpkin this, pumpkin that. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, been a, you know, been kind of a, been kind of a downer. But I did, I was tempted to buy this pumpkin spice creamer and... Well, there was two creamers. Well, there's one I may, I may look at, but there was one that was almond milk, and I just, um, you know, for when it comes to creamer, I want something that's basically cream. And it's just like, I don't want, you know, I understand it's non, I mean, maybe if you have issues with dairy or whatnot, but if you don't need to do it, don't do it. And I just see the ingredients. I'm like, ugh, yeah, I'm not. It's got almonds and a whole bunch of other crap. I was like, I'd rather just buy a straight creamer and be done with it. And of course, yeah, I mean, you know, I was on a kick where I was making cakes with almond flour. And of course, I gave some to my kid and. His throat started itching, and I said, "Oh shit, the almond milk, the almond milk." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I really don't need to do this. You know, if I'm making cake, I'm gonna make just actual flour. I mean, people do if that's just you know, people do it for other reasons when they when they use other stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just okay. Let's get back to the actual things because I'm." Really falling off the rails here, but yeah, but this going back to the whole you know peanut allergy thing, you know going trick or treat was my you know 
my favorite thing. And of course, I love the Reese's Cups. And now you can't give those out in schools because there's a lot more kids with peanut allergies than there used to be, which is the oddest thing. And the you know is that there's um you know my kids have peanut peanut allergies. I mean I have some peanut allergy, but I can eat peanuts, almonds, pecans, walnuts. The only thing I can't eat are cashews and pistachios. I my I, I have a really bad reaction to those, and to this day I and like I've studied it, and to this day I can't understand why you know why that's so. But I can eat anything else. But yeah, my you know my kids they're allergic to it, so I don't make it. But in a lot of ways, they're missing on a Reese's peanut butter, you know, Reese's peanut butter in general. And it's like a lot of schools are like that now. They don't they don't want you bringing candy, any cup of type of candy, and it's it's changed so much. You know. It just the snacks have to be approved. I mean, you, a lot of times you can't bring in certain chips or whatnot because the oils. I mean, some kids have you know gluten allergies. All kind, you know, it's it's crazy. But for you know, for Halloween, my obviously my favorite treats were the Kit Kats, uh, the Reese's Cups. I love Snickers. I don't like Snickers as much anymore as I used to. I used to love it growing up. I used to absolutely love a Snickers bar. But now, now as I get older, it's either a Kit Kat or a you know, or Reese's cup. I don't, I don't, you know. And of course, there was the bottle caps. You know, there was the spree nerds. I remember, you know, that, that kid who supposedly had glass in his um, thing of nerds. That was a big thing back in the day. A, you know, that was a big story. And I remember, like, when that story came out, I remember one, one of the kids in my class had nerds. And I remember the teacher basically confiscated his uh, lunch tray because because of what because what happened on the news and she was examining his lunch, you know his his candy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean those are some of my top treats. I mean I sure I can, I can go in depth. I did love the popcorn balls. I mean they were almost like Rice Krispie treats, but they were popcorn balls. But they were like you know they were balls of popcorn. We used to get. I mean, that was that was one thing I looked forward to when I went trick or treating. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll dive into. Well, maybe I'll dive into more of that, into some of the stories. But anyways, I'm rambling. Have a good one, guys. Hell to pit.